This is Phil Stamper, the president of wrestling, and you're watching the Three Count Podcast. And always remember to trust in Phil. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, and we always have, you know, the same person on the show with me. So let's go down the roster. He is my longest friend. He's been here in Nebraska together. He's been running since 97. He is also a veteran as well. This is the thing about him is that, you know, he calls me all my bullshit when it happens. So give it up to the man, the myth himself, Lou, the franchise. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this rolling. So this is a three count podcast presents now entering the ring, which means one thing. We have a special guest for you. I'm not even going to front. Him and I, we, we, we work together. Um, I've definitely, like, went out and searched and fought and pulled. And now we've got him on the show. You find this man at M- MBW, GCW, TPW, KFW, EWA, AEW, CZW, WOW, Outbreak, Fight Club, and so many more. This man is a trekker, man. He's gone everywhere. He's I feel like every time I turn around and see him, he's somewhere new. But he is the hit man for hire. Give it up for Mr. Grimm. Yeah, what's up, man? How are you? Dude, I'm I'm just excited that I finally got you on the show. <laughs> yeah, look, like I said before, it took him in the first um first attempt didn't really go through like it was supposed to, but no better late than never, right? Always, and you know that's the that's the one thing they tell let's talk about wrestling, right? Like, it's the payoff at the end, man, and that's what I'm hyped about. Is that like, it doesn't matter how long it takes, man, we getting it done, and that's what I love about it. So my first question for you, man, and just right off the jump, who is Mr. Grimm? <laughs> Mr. Grimm is me. Like, um, Grimm was like a nickname that I got when I was a kid, um, you know, by my friend who who's um currently deceased. So I decided to kind of, you know, use that name to, like, pay homes to him a little bit. Um, the name originated from me liking, like, wearing skulls all the time. And it was, like, one day he came up to me. Because I'm, like, I, I, live, I live in D.C. So he was like, he was like, cuz. What are you, a Grim Reaper always coming out here wearing skulls? Like, what, you about to kill him up? I'm like, um, no. <laughs> so he just started calling me Grim. And, you know, I just kind of stuck with it. No, man, I that's that's an awesome story. I'm glad to, glad to know, like, the name come from, like, childhood. Like, that's how my nickname came along, too. Like, I was just being made fun of because my name's Clifford, and everybody's like, oh, it's the big red dog, and, like, it just stuck. So, trust, I can I can relate. That's so, funny. <laughs> my next question for you, man, is what's what's been, like, the hardest thing about being a pro wrestler pre-pandemic and now during the pandemic? I would say before it was just the politics, because um, a lot of times people, they um, kind of base their judgments about you off of what other people say. So it's like they don't really know you personally, but because somebody has, you know, 
a bad experience or something between y'all happened, it's just like it kind of closed some doors because that person's like, oh, well, since this person that I'm cool with isn't a, like, doesn't mess with them, I'm not going to mess with them either. So that's kind of, you know, like, been my issue. I would say, you know, pre-pandemic and, like, still as the pandemic is going on, like, a lot of people really, like, I don't kiss ass. I don't, I, I'm not with a click. You know, I'm pretty much to myself. Even in the locker room, I'm, you know, usually to myself. Like, I don't like being involved in the drama and, you know, the he say, she say, because let something be said. Because I'm with them, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, well, Grim, he was with them too. So, like, as you can see, a lot of my bookings are, like, out of state, not in the area, because, I mean, I just don't want to deal with the drama. You know, I had a lot of drama, you know, when I was training and, you know, called a bad name because a guy that I had an issue with, he went and, you know, made our personal vendetta, you know, everybody else's problem. So he starts saying stuff about me and, you know, then the whole organization stopped messing with me because of rumors that he spread. So. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> that's, damn, that's wild. That's wild. And, and the thing, too, is, like, if anybody watched, like, any of your matches, they just know, like, like your work ethic, like, speaks for itself. Like, I, I, I'm going to put that over. Like, whether you're, like, just whoever you're working with, man, it's just – it's amazing to see. So I just wanted to, like, continue, like, you know, like I said, I'm going to put you over because, like, you do, man. Like, and I, I say it, you're, the, you're one of the hardest working people, like, I, I see in the business. Like, I'm just like, damn, man, like – how this man is like, he's like so far. And like, even you said it before, like before we even started recording, like you have a long, you still have a long road to go. But I'm like, yo man, like you're, you're definitely making the waves to get through. I mean, I'm trying because, you know, even from when I was younger, it was always, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that. Or I'm not going to accomplish this. And, and, you know, once I got older, I started thinking, you know, for myself and not really worrying about, you know, what people said are just using what they say as fuel. Because if somebody says that I can't do it, then, you know, it's like, I want to prove them wrong. You know, when I started training, like these same guys that, you know, had issues with me, they were saying, oh, well, you're not going to make it far with your attitude. I mean, but granted, I did have an attitude you know, back then, because I was a dude coming off the streets, like I still had that street mentality. And I had to learn to, you know, just some battles just aren't worth, you know, verbally or physically fighting. Right, right, it right. Was, you know, just kind of learning my place, you know, and even now I still hate saying that. I still cringe when I say that. Because, you know, me, I've always, you know, been my own person. And it's just in this business, if you want to make it, you just have to learn your place. Like, because if you don't, you're not going to get, you're not going to get far. Like you can't be one of those guys with like a street mentality. Like I had, you know, somebody says something about you, you know, just go punch them in the mouth and then, you know, call it a day or, you know, somebody has heat with you, you know, Oh, Hey man, let's square up or whatever. And then, you know, settle it that way. Like, I had to learn, you know, I can't, like, everybody isn't about that life. 
you know, they feel because they're a veteran in this business that they're entitled to talk to you or treat you any kind of way. And me, I, I didn't accept that. Like, because I'm a man first. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just me, bro. <laughs> like, <clears throat> well, and that kind of leads into like my next question, man. Is like, I know you talked about like knowing your place and just kind of like, and it cringes you, but then you also have to navigate the waters properly. So, like, what advice would you want to give to like up and coming wrestlers? For up and coming wrestlers, I would say, you know, like, always be open minded to learning new things. Like, you know, what I was told, you know, keep your eyes and your ears open, keep your mouth closed. And I tell people that to this day, like, that's been, you know, one of the best advice that somebody has given me because sometimes even with me being so argumentative or so eager to challenge authority, it's like, you know, sometimes if you just sit back, listen, watch and pay attention, you'll see that you actually don't know everything that you think that you know. And that was, you know, something with me. And especially now, you know, when I try to encourage and show like younger guys the route to go, you know, some of them, and I mean, I've kind of gotten to the point where I kind of, you know, stopped taking people under my wing because every time I did it, it never really turned out good. You know, people would, um, I mean, it's just like they would just make me look bad or even not even, you know, take the advice that I'm giving them, you know, into consideration. It's like if you look at my career and you look at everybody else and like just say, let's say Maryland, D.C., Virginia, it's not many people out here who has the resume that I have. And I got there, it wasn't an accident that my resume is like this. You know, I had to put in the hours, put in, you know, sometimes I, well, a lot of times I took road trips where it was just me going down for an opportunity. Like I wasn't always looking to get paid. And, you know, now guys are like, oh yeah, man, you know, they don't, they're not paying that much. So I'm not going to go down there. Me, the opportunity, I'm not sure if you've heard of um, Limitless Wrestling or not, but, um, the opportunity that I got with them was because I decided to drive, you know, seven, eight hours to Massachusetts to like do the beyond wrestling, like studio. taping. I did the beyond wrestling studio taping the booker or the owner from limitless lightning. Then after that, the owner from limitless, you know, invited me 12 hours to travel to Maine. It wasn't an opportunity where I was getting paid. It was a tryout. I drove 12 hours, you know, in a monsoon, literally. And, um, you know, I did what I had to do. They ended up liking me, and I became, like, a main part of their roster for, like, over a year. So, you know, like, I try to tell people, you know, like, and I try to say it to where it doesn't sound like, you know, I'm, you know, I have an ego or anything, but at some point you have to look at the results. You have to look at the statistics. And if you look at everybody in Maryland and, you know, no disrespect to anybody at like MCW, but even the guy, like some of the top guys there, like they haven't even done half of the stuff that I've done and they've had way better training 
you know, than I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's yeah, like I said, man, you know, it's it's you gotta be appreciative of opportunities that you do get. That's something that like I've learned very quickly, like in this business. Just like just like you're saying, man. Like you know, and I think for me too, like, you know, when we met, you know, over at uh with Sicken, like that was like the one thing I got from you is that you don't you don't waste time. And that's because you understand like, you know, we got things that we gotta get done. And it was funny, man, because like I talked to I talked to uh, my friend, well, we met him. You talk, we talked to, I talked to Chaz and Chaz kind of got the same impression that I got. Like, Hey man, we don't got time for bullshit. Cause we want to be able to hit the ground running full speed, you know? And we just saw your mentality. I think just that, just that quick interaction with you, we got the same vibe. And I was like, yo, this is what I want to do. I was like, I just want to hit the ground running with him. So very much, man. Like I said, the first time I met you, I was like, yo, this is a mad appreciative thing just to get, you know, not, not like, like I'm glad that y'all, you know, were like I'm glad that y'all listen when I spoke. Like because you know, anybody can say anything. You know, I can sit up here and say, you know, I'm a millionaire, but if you're not seeing, you know, the fruits of my labor, then it's bullshit. But if I'm sitting up here and I'm telling you <laughs> if I'm sitting up here telling you that um you know, y'all should do this. Y'all should do that. Hey, look, these and it's like, you know, you see that I'm not bullshitting you. Like, at the end of the day, I just want to see people succeed because it's not a lot of people from this area that make it. It's not a lot of people from this area that are on, like, a national thing or that even opportunity. Like, think about it. You have people who've been in this business for 10, 15 years that had TV once. And me, I can say, you know, I've been very blessed because I've been, you know, had opportunities with MLW, AEW, WWE, and, um, you know, it was even like a, like a thing where Impact, where, but I wasn't able to make it there. But that would have been another, you know, opportunity for me to be seen nationally. And it's like, I do this. A lot of times I get these opportunities just by, you know, being in the right place at the right time. And that's, I don't know, it's just weird because I talk to a lot of guys now, like even younger guys, people who've been in the business for about two, three years. And I hear them talking about, oh, well, I don't want to travel all the way there if they're not paying me this amount. And I'm like, you know, two years into the business, I was lucky to get $20. Like, I mean, so just hearing, you know, how they are, how entitled some of them feel, you know, at this early, it's just like, you know, good luck. I can only, you know, tell you what I know. It's up to you to either, you know, listen and apply it or just continue to do it your way. But you also have to look at who you're listening to. If you're listening to a guy that's been in the business for 15, 20 years that says he's a vet, but he hasn't been out of his backyard, you know. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 I feel you. Um, so I, it's going to be kind of like on a lighter heart kind of question, but uh, every wrestler has them, right? So I'm kind of curious about yours. What's been like a favorite fan interaction that you've had? 
Um, favorite fan interaction. Um, it was it was this guy. Um, and it, it really sucks because he um he actually died a couple like I want to say like last month, and um it was him, his son. But, um, you know, he was a fan of Pennsylvania. And every show that I wrestled at at Pennsylvania, um, and he was there. He always, you know, came up, talked to me. And, you know, one day, I think it was his daughter's birthday. So I just gave her, um, I gave her an A button and I signed it. And then he sends me a picture of her holding it. You know, saying, hey, she really likes the picture. Thank you. And, you know, that right there, it really stuck to me because, you know, like just going back to the message and seeing that, and I'm like, yo, you know, he was always supportive of me. And this is like in my earlier years. And now it's like, you know, I don't know, this kind of sucks. But, you know, I always appreciated like seeing him at the shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's cool, man. That, and that's that's one thing I really do like. I like hearing those stories about people who like, have those interactions with those fans, and then like they touch their lives, and then in return they, you know, they themselves get touched by you know somebody else's life. So it's kind of cool to hear like those great stories. So I'm gonna hand it over. Here, I got the picture. I just pulled it up, but this is it right here. I don't know if you can see it or not, but he oh, um, yeah. sent the picture of his daughter. You know, saying that she said thank you. So, oh, that's awesome. So, what I'll do is I'm gonna hand this over to Lou. He's gonna have a bunch of questions for you. So, give it up, Mr. Graham. How are you doing today? All right, yourself. Hey. All right, my bad. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right, so my first question for you is, what's the hardest bump you've taken? <laughs> it was in Canada. And um, I was doing a dive. So I went to do the dive, and everybody moved out of the way. So I grabbed the top rope and, you know, like usually when you do it, like when I do my dives, I go over the top rope. So I do like a rotation. So I grabbed the rope and as soon as I grabbed the rope, my rotation like went quick. So it was like I just did like a front flip and hit like my back on the, um, on the corner of the apron. So yeah, that hurt bad. (laughs) Nice. All right. So. I watched you do a 450 splash on Joey Janela. That can't be that one spot that you're like, holy shit, I just hit that. Give me that one spot that you Hold on, say that one more time. <clears throat> All right, so I, uh, so I was watching some videos. Been watching, been watching some videos of you since Cliff was all fanboying over you saying, Mr. Grimm's going to be on AEW. Mr. Grimm's going to be on AEW. So I watched you do a flip, a 450 splash on Joey Janela. That can't be the, your ultimate move that you've done it where you like, I cannot believe that you did that. 
What's your what's that what's that one move that you're like? Did that just happen? Um. Hold on, your um your phone is like breaking up or your connect. I don't know if it's my connection, your connection, but it's like really choppy on. Uh yeah, so yeah, it's like real choppy. So I can't. Really... Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so I want you to do a 450 splash on Joey Janela. What's that one move that you've done that you can't believe you just did? Um. Okay, so it was a move. All right. So it was in, I want to say either, it was February for a battle club. And um, I was in a triple threat. It was me, Trevor, Aeon. And I'm um, Darius Carter. So I went to do my springboard swing blade. It ended up turning into like, instead of it being like a swing blade, it was like I kind of did like a a spinning blockbuster, so to speak. It, w- it was really weird. And after I watched it, I was like, yo, like, I don't even know how I did that. Or even if I could duplicate it. But um, yeah, it was it it was kind of cool. <laughs> awesome. All right, my last question for you. Let's let's jump in the time machine and speed this up five years. Where do you want to be? Um, like, are you talking about company wise or like just in general? In general, where does Mister Where do you want Mister Grimm to be? I want Mr. Grimm to be signed with a contract somewhere. Yeah. All right. Thanks. You're welcome. I'm still trying to get this wrapped around my head about a spinning blockbuster. <laughs> okay. So have you ever seen my um my swing blade, my springboard swing blade? Yes. Yes I have. Okay, so just imagine, instead of me doing the swing blade, like, from the springboard, as I'm turning, it turns into, like, a blockbuster. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, this actually fascinates Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. And, like, I mean, and just to go back to his question, you know, it is, like, one more thing that I was kind of excited to do that, um... I never really practiced it before, you know, show day. But it was the move where I had, like, um, you know, two people on my shoulders, like, in the fireman's carry. And then the other one, like, I ended up catching them for, um, in the crossbody. And then, you know, doing the crossbody, well, doing the fallaway slam and then the Samoa drop on the two, the other two people. So it was like I was literally holding, like, three people. I literally just watched that right before we got on. Then when I tried it, like, yeah, I was just like, yo, I'm like strong for my own good right now. Like, I don't even know how strong I really am. That's the scary part. I mean, I I saw you carry three gold grown men. I was I was like, that's that's an intimidating spot to have in the adult watch. I was like. Okay, so there's there's a there's a real fear there. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I just try to do things that you really don't see that much because, um, you know, even down to, you know, like, the little things in my matches. Like, just say, you know, if somebody hits me, like, let's see, how can I? All right, so I got this from um, Sammy Callahan. Um, I did a seminar, and, you know, what he said, it made total sense. Like, and the thing is, I never thought about it like this. So, you know, a lot of times if you're looking, like, if you're watching the match, somebody will put somebody in the corner and then drape their arms around the ropes, and then they'll give them, like, a shot or, like, a gut shot or something, and they'll still have their arms around the ropes. Why? Like, if you really get hit and your arms are around the ropes, you're going to bring them down to, like, cover up. So, like, just little stuff like that, you know. And one thing I try to do is I watch UFC fights. And I look at, like, their knockouts and how the knockout looks from certain hits. So, especially, like, when um, I'm having, like, a big man, little man match, like, it gives me more, like, more to work with. Because in the UFC, these are real people, like, really trying to kill each other. And you see a little guy, you know, and you can be the most muscular person in the world. If you get hit at the right time in the right spot, you know, you're going to drop. So I don't know if you, um, you know, see my clip from um, MLW, but this is the first, that was the first time that I actually did like the, the whole boxing, like, you know, what is it? The timber, the tree falling down, drop the, the cell. Um, where it's like he came in, gave me the elbow, and I just, you know, fell like a tree was falling, man. Like stiffened up, just fell straight down, hit the mat. And it's like, you know, little stuff like that. Like a lot of people really don't do stuff like that. Like you don't see it too often. And it shouldn't be done, you know, all the time, but at certain moments, you know, it's, I would say that, it, you know, it's, um, <sighs> ah, fuck, I'm losing, I lost my train of thought with that. Forgot the word, but on certain, like, at certain moments, you, like, I feel that it's necessary. Now, also, another thing that I do, and I don't know if I showed y'all this or not, but watching a match, if somebody's, like, you know, trying to work somebody's arm on the rope, how do they do it? So sometimes you see it like when someone like pulls it over over the top rope and just like wrenches it down. Exactly. Now, in real life, does that shit hurt? No. It does not. Okay. So what I do, this is me. If I'm gonna do somebody like, you know, work somebody's arm on the rope, I'm gonna take their arm and put it this way and pull it down to make it look like I'm hyperextending it. So like anybody can relate to that. Like, it was a match that I did. I forgot who I was working. But, um, you know, I literally had them on, like, like on the um, the post. And I was pulling their arm, like, this way, you know, on the post. And, like, you could see, like, the crowd. They were like, oh, like, you know. And those are the reactions that I like because it's different. It's stuff that you don't see a lot of people do. Funny story. I was just talking to – um. What was his name? Zabisco. Um, his son. I did a show in Florida with, um, you know, with his son. 
And I was talking, we were talking, and I, you know, told him about that. And he was like, you know what? You mind if I use that? I was like, go ahead, bro. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, but, you know, even the, like to have like the son of a legend, like be willing to take some of my advice, you know, that it really means a lot. And I mean, like not to toot my own horn or, you know, anything, but it goes to show I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like people like, if you just sit and listen to me for a second, a lot of this stuff makes sense. Like, I'm not that same person I was, you know, years ago to where I was just trying to do any and everything. Now, I'm at the point where I'm trying to partially preserve my body and, you know, actually work. Because if you're working TV and you're showing them things that, you know, people aren't usually seeing, that gives you a better chance of coming back. That makes that makes a hundred percent sense. Makes a hundred percent sense. It's it's funny, man, because um, I Anthony Lou and I are avid UFC fans, so I try like in in like even in my own things, like I try to incorporate that a lot because you're right. Like the U, the world of the UFC is like a prime example for things where you can pick and find and you can learn so much about so much, like about everything that's going on with like the human body, like the anatomy and just watching how people like bend and like where real pressure is being put in. Cause I, and I agree, like there's some things in there in, in the world of wrestling where I'm like, I understand why you're doing that. It really doesn't affect anything. <laughs> but, but so that is kind of all of our questions, but we have to come down to the best segment of this show, which is the three count podcast, 10 count questions. So here's how it works. We're going to fire off a bunch of questions at you rapid fire. And then it's whatever's the first thought that comes to your mind. So wait, you really want the first thought that comes to my mind? Oh yeah. Trust me. We've got some interesting answers. <laughs> all right you know just don't judge me i don't know what else oh don't worry well we don't worry we won't so we'll put the imaginary timer on the clock Bing! and here we go smackdown or raw potatoes bet <laughs> crazy enough that's not the first time i've ever heard something like that favorite undertaker match uh crap <laughs> Him versus Edge. Okay. One place you would and, like uh, to WrestleMania. Wait, uh, yeah, froze up on me. Oh, sorry. One place you'd like to wrestle. Frozen Cliff. Come back to us. Uh, am I back from the Speed Force yet? There it is. We got you. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> One place you'd like to wrestle. Japan. Favorite movie? Beauty and the Beast. Batman or Superman? Batman. Actually, to go back to that previous question, live or animated? Live. Okay. Uh, favorite wait. UFC fighter? Can you see me? Can you see me? <laughs> yep. Oh, wait. I can. I... Back. 
I don't know what's going on. Now. I think you're to take it all up. Oh, wait, there we go. I can see you. Okay. <laughs> Favorite wait, UFC fighter. John Bones Jones. <laughs> so Friday night, what are you doing? Hanging out with my gremlins. Favorite podcast. I wouldn't necessarily have one. I don't really listen to podcasts like that, to be honest. One day we'll be your favorite. So nominate one person to be on this show. I would say, you know, I'm going to go, even though I don't think he's a wrestler anymore, but I would say Matt Wild, you know, the guy who helped train me. I can, yep. And then our favorite question to ask everybody on this show, favorite curse word. Fuck. (laughs) Yes. So the only thing that we have left for you, good sir, is to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Um, well, definitely in my skin. But um, now, nah, if you go to Google, put in either Mr. Grimm Wrestler or the Hitman for Hire Mr. Grimm, and all of my stuff will literally come up. Like, um, I try to make sure I'm pretty good with this marketing thing, and I made it so people can easily find me on the internet. Like, you'll see my YouTube, my Twitter, my Instagram, Facebook, my Brown Butter Wrestling page. Like, yeah. Bad. So, this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, here with Luda Franchise. And like I said, this is now Entering Ring with Mr. Grimm. So tune into the next episode and be there or be somewhere else. Hello, Three Count Podcast. If you enjoy what you're watching and you wouldn't mind going out your day to support us, Go follow us on Twitter at 3count underscore pod, Instagram 3count pod, and if you want to look drift out like your boy JJ, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash the 3count pod, and it's the number three. Oh, and by the mention, we have a YouTube channel, so go check that out, the 3count podcast with the number three, JJ out.